Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Good, 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 good. Good to see you. And uh, thank you very much for, uh, you know, gracing us with your presence on the Business Worth and Mindset podcast. It's such a pleasure to host you. So, <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's it's really good, really good that uh, you could you could come and speak to us. You've got uh, so much to share with us. A lot of uh, stuff there that uh, you know we, uh, our listeners will be looking to sort of uh, uh, pick from uh, from what you have to share. So it, it it should be really good, really good. How is your day so far? Because it's it's quite uh, I guess quite early for you here. About ten o'clock, isn't it? <sighs> It is. It's 10 a.m., but I am an early bird, so this is like my midday. (laughs) I see. Okay. Uh, Good, good, good. Yeah, it's it's a bit five for us, so it's been uh, quite a day. It's uh, quite cold and snowy here, actually. It's been snowing quite a lot. It's probably the same where you are. It's quite cold this time of the year, isn't it? Yeah, it's very cold. (laughs) And, And I'm in Colorado, yeah. And and where are you, Alex? Uh, we are in London. Oh, so, you're in yeah. London, yeah. Absolutely. So London. Our European audience are looking forward to hearing from you. So. Yeah. Really cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an exciting world that we're living in right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very, very surreal, isn't it? It's unprecedented times, you know, across Indeed. the globe, you know. So it's uh, it's really good. So, um, yeah, thanks, Holly. So I thought um, we'll probably begin by uh, if you could uh, just take us through a bit of your journey, you know, from uh, from the beginning, because a lot of our, our listeners tend to sort of, uh, you know, appreciate to sort of understand the background of our guests and where they've come from and their journey in a way that, uh, you know, to, to some extent they can relate to and uh, see that, uh, you know, if Holly has, uh, you know, come from this particular journey and it's similar to them, probably gives them hope that maybe there is also hope for us to, yeah. <laughs> to get to the same. So, yeah, to take us from my humble beginnings. And oh, thank you. Yes, yes. And there is hope. There is always hope. And, yeah. you know, I feel like money can be such a sensitive and um, and scary topic for people. Mm. Yeah. And uh, my mission in life is to make that not so. You know, yeah. my book is called Simple Wealth because money is simple. It's simple. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my journey to creating personal wealth and financial independence for myself mm-hmm. began because, well, really for two reasons. So I grew up in a family of real estate investors and entrepreneurs. And so we talked about money at the dinner table and I thought that was normal. (laughs) So when I bought my first house, I was 25 years old and, you know, I was single and, um, 
And, you know, it was a pretty big house for one person. And so I immediately got a roommate and, um, you know, I didn't charge her much for rent. We were having fun and, um, you know, it was good for her and it was good for me. And I just thought, I looked around at all of my friends who were also in their early to mid twenties. And I said, why aren't more people doing this? Yeah. <laughs> and so when I really started to dig deeper into that, I learned it's because, you know, we really don't teach financial education in school. Yeah. And we also don't teach employees and workers how to build personal wealth with their paycheck. And so I decided to, at the time, I was a member of a, an international service organization called Rotary International. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for a way to get more involved. And I, I went to them and I said, hey, I have this idea. What if I go to local high schools and I teach young adults how to manage their money? What is a credit score? You know, what actually is debt and how you can use it to your advantage? Um, and they said, great idea. So I did it. And then it just turned it, it was a complete success. And I had parents and teachers wanting to sit in on this workshop. And I realized, okay, everyone, not just young adults, like everyone wants to learn about money. And yeah. that's kind of where it all began. <laughs> That's brilliant. That that's really good because it, it it is definitely like you say something that's not taught in school in the in the, in the same way that uh, people under understands money. So it it is a uh, quite a great uh, uh, you know subject for people to actually uh, begin to understand so that can actually help them. So you've uh, throughout through that journey you've uh, come to write this book, Simple Wealth, and there's a. Uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of detail in there to actually take uh, people through. So just um, talk us through some of the basics in that in that book, in, in the way that uh, people, it can help people to start understanding their, uh, you know, uh, relationship with, with money. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it is a relationship. And, mm -hmm. and even though at the time when I was young, I understood money and how it works, it doesn't mean that I was perfect. You know, yeah. I always say like, when it comes to money, there is no such thing as perfection, only doing yeah. your best because at the end of the day, we're all human and, you know, we have fears and we have, um, you know, worthiness to, to take care of and to really dive deep into and, and awareness. And, you know, awareness is really where my journey began because, I found myself at, you know, a few years later after I had been teaching this workshop mm -hmm. at a point where I was living paycheck to paycheck. I was working 60 to 70 hours a week. I had an amazing mm -hmm. job and I wrote the, I mean, I really believe that the book came from this one experience. I, I had this moment of, we had these back-to-back -back snowstorms in Colorado. And at the time I was driving this front wheel drive Honda Accord. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and after like the, the second snowstorm, yeah. it was still storming and I called my boss and my job was 40 miles away. Wow. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I think it's going to be a risk. Like, I don't think I should go to work today. I really feel like I'm risking my life. And she said, well, if you don't come to work, you're fired. 
So, of course, because I was living paycheck to paycheck, if I didn't go to work, I wouldn't get paid. And this this house of cards, like it was a metaphorical house of cards that I was living in. I started to think forward. Oh, I won't be able to make my mortgage payment. I won't be able to make my car payment, you know, and everything will, you know, everyone thinks I'm so successful, but (laughs) am I really successful? You know, like I started to really dig into this. Yeah. And so, you know, I made it to work that day. Thank goodness I made it home. And when I got home that night, I started to get really intentional and serious about my money. Mm -hmm. And I had been doing what I like to call mental accounting, (laughs) where I had an idea of what was coming into my accounts and an idea of what was leaving my accounts every month. But I didn't I didn't really know where the dollars were going, et cetera. And so I got out all my credit card statements and I discovered that I had $67,000 in credit card debt. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. It makes my heart beat faster just saying that. And so the next day I called my financial advisor because, you know, as a, as a good employee, I was, of course, you know, contributing money to my retirement accounts. And, you know, I always wanted to be personally wealthy. I just didn't, I just knew what I kind of picked up from society that, you know, this is what you do. You get a financial advisor and they help you build wealth. Mm. And so I called them up and I said, I'm in so much trouble. Um, You know, how do I get out of this mess that I've created for myself? And he asked me how much more money I wanted to invest. (laughs) And I said, I don't have any money. And so that was like a light bulb moment for me. I just, at that moment, I thought, okay, there has to be another way. And so I just committed my life and my, all of my free time to learning more about money Money. and personal finance and debt elimination and freedom, because ultimately I just wanted to be free, you know? at least to have a job where I could work 40 hours a week would be lovely. But, you know, I had this dream of doing something that I loved and maybe working for myself one day. And so I I had my eye kind of on that target. And so the more I learned, the more I was able to put that into practice in my life. And literally three years later, I was completely debt free. Yeah. And then After that, I had some money in the bank. And then in my 30s, I became financially independent. So to answer your question, you know, what is the book about? It is about that simple system that I created to create personal wealth and financial independence for myself. And it's not just the strategy. Like I always say that building personal wealth is only 20% strategy and 80% psychological. Yeah. So in the book is, you know, it's, it's the frame that we put around money. It's our relationship with money. It's the daily choices that we're making, the way we think about money that really make the system so magical. And so, you know, what are the personal practices that you're doing every day that create abundance in your life? What are the money habits that you're starting to adopt so that you are moving closer to wealth instead of further away from it? And that's that's the gist of the book right the there. Of the book. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, it's interesting what you mentioned there about, uh, you know, a, a lot of us, we think, you know, in our head that we know how much we are spending and what is happening. But when we actually 
sit and do the analysis and work out what is actually happening, you'll find that the picture is quite different. So I would help people, because a lot of people will relate to this and they want to know more about money, but in the scheme of what is happening in their life, maybe they've got busy days, they jobs, and they can't tomorrow, they can't sit and have that moment to actually think about sorting out their life. Maybe until some challenge, maybe they lose a job or something right, in their life. So what would you say to, to those people? How can people come into this realization to actually make the conscious effort to learn about money whenever yeah. just going on in their life? Yeah, you know, and and two things really come to mind is there's so much value in steady income. You know, not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone wants to have a side hustle. You know, some people do, but mm -hmm. it's so nice sometimes to just go to your job, do your job, and then come home at night and put your feet up or spend time with your family or go play. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I really believe that whatever life it is that you want to live, the most important thing that you can do to, to live that life is to put that vision at the front and center of everything that you do. And for me, that process began with creating a personal life vision for myself, mm -hmm. which is a reflection of how I want to live in the world and the kind of person that I want to be and what is truly important to me. And so it always comes down to values. And I didn't do this exercise mm -hmm. until really 2012 when I started to um, evaluate my life. You know, I just, I had, it's like, we, we are taught to achieve, we're taught to be successful, but like, what is your version of success? Because the world's version of success doesn't really bring happiness mm -hmm. and more money doesn't necessarily bring happiness. I mean, it does up to a certain point. I mean, I think there was a Princeton study that was done a few years ago where, um, where they found that yes, money does make us happy, but only up to $75,000. And then beyond that, there's no additional happiness in our lives because our, our needs have been met. So what's on the other side of money? Like what will personal wealth, what will financial independence bring you? And so I think just getting crystal clear, like for me, my core values are freedom, love and authenticity. Yeah. And so in everything I do, I'm always thinking about, you know, how that plays a role in the way that I'm showing up the way I'm treating other people, the way I'm treating myself. And so that's kind of the, the psychological component of it. It's, it's about having an agenda for your life and not trying to fit yourself into this box of, oh, I'm going to go to a job and sit at a desk for 40 hours a week. Like maybe you're creative. Maybe you work better at night. All yeah. of that is okay. And in this world that we're living in, you can find the opportunities that will feed your soul if you know what feeds your soul. What feeds your soul, absolutely. So it's about knowing yourself, isn't it? And and the values and the things that are important to you. So with, with that in mind then, how would you answer essentially this myth that the money is the root of all evil, all money doesn't make you happy? Well, here's the thing is like we all we're all human, like we're all on the same level, you know, and so what one person's perspective is 
could be very different than exactly. someone else's perspective. And as I was building my business, um, you know, especially in 2016 In 2016, I went through a divorce. I had been married for 10 years and, um, and you know, that's a challenging thing to go through for anyone. Yeah. And, you know, I really think that I opened myself up quite a lot to other people's opinions because I wanted to, I wanted to do it right the next time around. Like I wanted to, you know, get it right. I wanted my business to be right. I wanted my relationships to be fulfilling. And so I received a lot of people's opinions. And what I realized is that I could be in a room with five of the smartest, most intelligent people mm-hmm. in the world. And each one of them is going to have their own opinion on what I should or shouldn't do to be successful in business, to be happy in relationship. But none of those opinions really matter except for mine. And so, you know, is money the root of all evil? No way. Like (laughs) money just magnifies what is inside of us. Yeah. And money is just a tool. You know, that's really all it is. And so it's neutral. Money will only take on the energy that we give it. It will only have the power that we give it. And so, you know, I'm a firm believer in the law of abundance. I believe that money is infinite. And I mean, if anything, if we've learned anything in the past, you know, year or so, it's that, you know, we can create more money. And so if there's something that you want, if you want more money in your life, it is there for you to have. It's just a matter of you being in tune with yourself and of course, developing your skills and of course, showing up because anything that's worth having in life takes hard work. But no, I mean, money is a beautiful thing and you can have as much of it as you want. That does not make you a bad person. The more money you make, the more money you can give. You can give, absolutely. And it gives you so so many choices, isn't it, of the things that you can do. It will make possible the things that are meaning to you and the ones that actually can serve your values and your passion and the things that you value more. So that's great insight, Holly. So um, we're going to talk about uh, uh, health and wealth. But uh, before we, we, we go into that, I wanted to, um, if you could take us through the the four pillars. I, I was uh, looking through your book and you talk about the four pillars of uh, building wealth and, and, and money. So just talk us through those, please. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. Yes. You know, I think um, once you can like clearly grasp how to play the game of money, it just becomes so much easier. So I always say that there are four pillars of wealth and you do, you practice them in a certain order because the value of your dollars, when you put them in the right bucket at the right time can make a much bigger impact in your path to personal wealth and how soon you're able to become financially independent. And I define financial independence as the point when work becomes an option. So, you know, pillar number one, and I, if everyone just did this one thing, this one thing, everyone would be wealthy. So the first pillar is the most important one and it is to maximize your cash flow. 
And your cash flow is just the money in minus the money out on a regular basis. I like to use months because we usually get, you know, bills once a month. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you get paid once a month. And I think that's where a lot of people um, just throw in the towel and forget money altogether and just say, I can't do it. It's too difficult because in reality, we are spending money and paying bills just about every single day. Yeah. And we're getting paid once a month, three times a month, sometimes twice a month. For some people, they're getting, you know, for the, all the entrepreneurs out there, the side hustlers, et cetera, you know, they're maybe getting paid once a year or once every couple of months. And so I just, this whole concept of like budgeting, it's like, no, 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 we don't need to think about it that way. Let's just create a framework of knowing how much money is coming in and how much money is going out on a regular basis. And then whatever the difference is, I call that number your impact factor. It's the money that you have left over every month or whatever the time period is that works for you that you can put to its highest and best use, which takes me to the next three pillars. And then we're done. And you know, all the things you need to know about creating personal wealth, Uh the highest and best use of your dollars is always going to be to pay yourself. So what is the first thing that you do with all of your extra money? Well, if you're young in these days, probably you have some debt, student loans, credit card debt, car loans, maybe you have a mortgage, Mm -hmm. the highest and best use of your dollars. And pillar number two is to eliminate your debt. And maybe you just focus on that high interest rate debt to begin with. And, you know, you Mm -hmm. let your mortgage ride for a little bit because, you know, that's okay. (laughs) And then pillar number two is to say, or pillar number three is to save. And pillar number four is to create residual income. And residual income is the money that you're earning from your retirement contributions, your investment contributions. Maybe it's a house that's appreciating in value. Maybe it's a business that you start, a blog that you write. A YouTube. I mean, there are just so many ways to create residual income. So if you just focus in that order, maximize your cash flow, eliminate yeah. your debt, save and create residual income, you got it. Yeah, brilliant. That's, that's great. That's great. And it has to be in that particular order. Yeah? Like if you have your impact fund, can you use it to build your residual income first before you pay your debts? No. But I guess you have to pay your debts first and then you build it up from there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say so because, and here's the reason, and, and understanding debt is is really half the battle because debt is a tool. You know, it is a way to get, it's a way to jump from one lily pad to another. Like, for example, I own a home. I have a mortgage on it. That's mm-hmm. debt. Yeah. So, so eliminating your high interest rate debt, that's the, those are the dollars, the balances are costing you the most money every single month. So by carrying balances on high interest rate debt, you're diluting the power of your dollars. So if you knock those things out first, then down the road, you're going to have way more money at one time to contribute to your Mm -hmm. savings. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, you don't want to oversave because 
our returns right now are so low and generally the returns that you're going to get in a savings account are going to be lower than the returns that you'll get, for example, in your investment accounts. But the difference is that the money in your savings account, it's it's guaranteed, like it's safe. You're not going to lose it because it's in a savings account, which is protected. So that's a beautiful thing. And you know, when, when you have financial security, when you know that you've got some money to fall back on in case, you know, someone you love gets sick and you need to take time off work to take care of them, or you get injured or you lose your job, or Mm -hmm. maybe you just need a sabbatical from life. (laughs) Like that can, that emotional well-being and that Mm -hmm. sense of security can enable you to take more risks. And, um, and, and I think that's a really important component of it. It's like creating financial independence. It's not all about the numbers. It really is about living in a, in a way that makes you feel great right now and in the future. Brilliant. So I guess as you get more sophisticated and understanding money for example you talk about debt and having a mortgage is there such thing as good debt and bad debt because good debt is debt probably that you've taken but you've probably invested it in assets that are actually generating your income to the extent that when you service them you're actually making extra on top how do you balance that sophistication in a way over time Yeah. Yes. I love this question. I love this conversation. Yes. You know, I like to call it performing debt and non-performing debt. So, so like my credit card debt, I will say that because it was credit card debt and because credit cards usually come with very high interest rates, Mm -hmm. one could say this is non-performing debt. It's not doing anything for you. It's not performing a task for you. It's just like a ball and chain that you're pulling around until it's paid off. But what I will say about my debt is the part of the reason that I had so much debt at such a young age is because I was diagnosed with a chronic illness when I was only 20 years old. And I was told that I would be handicapped for the rest of my life. And I did go through many years of, of not being healthy to the point where I couldn't walk off and on for quite a while. And my when I graduated from college, I moved to Boston with three of my best girlfriends. And I got this great job. I mean, it was an entry level job. It was my first job after college. And I got health insurance with it. But my health insurance did not pay for my medication. Oh, and my medication was $5,000 a month. Whoa. Whoa. So I, after six months of doing that, I, you know, I had th- a $30,000 balance on my credit card. I decided I needed to move back home with mom and dad. And mm. that hurt. Like I felt like I had failed as a, an adult, you know, like, oh, you know, I moved to the East coast and I started a job, but I just can't hack it. Like, this is the story that I told myself, Yeah. but you know, looking back on that, um, it was such a gift because I hadn't failed. I had done the very first thing that I would say anyone who's trying to create personal wealth for themselves do, which is to take care of yourself. First and foremost, that is why we're here. 
And so I moved back home and I saved all of my money. I got well enough that I could get another job. And so even though I had a mountain of debt that was continuing to mount, (laughs) um, it, it did in some way perform a task for me because it saved my life. Yeah. So, you know, credit card debt is usually the first thing that is, you know, a financial expert, I would say you want to knock that out. But I also would say if you if you're someone out there who has a load of debt, um, just let go of the shame that comes with it because you're just doing your best and with the resources that you have right now. And, you know, thank God I had the credit to, yeah. to pay for my medications. Yeah. So, you know, I would say performing debt, you know, debt that's performing a task for you. A mortgage is a great example, so long as you have a good interest rate. And if your interest rate on your mortgage is lower than the rate that your house is appreciating, in other words, going up in value, then cool. Like you (laughs) borrowed money and you're making more money because you borrowed that money. So I would say that that's a great use of your money or even a business loan. You know, like I, I got a business loan in 2016 and I think my rate was like, I don't know, 7% or something like that. And, you know, one could argue debt is bad, you know, debt costs you money and interest, but it enabled me to invest in my company and invest in myself. And I paid that loan off after two years and I'm all the better for it. Yeah, absolutely. And in in a way, it does help you towards that fourth pillar, isn't it? Building residual income as well. If that asset is generating you that without you having to work for it. So that that's brilliant. So can you talk us through a bit more on uh, you know what you talked talk about uh, health and that link between how health can influence your wealth as well? Yeah. Yeah, you know. First of all, I just want to say that it is so hard to be human. Yeah. And um and we are living in these physical bodies and whether we get the lesson that our bodies are fragile early in life or we get that lesson later in life at some point we are going to have to face it. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of correlation before between our relationship with how we're taking care of our physical body and how we're taking care of our money. I mean, both are very much a reflection. They're both self-care. You know, how you take care of your money is how you take care of yourself. Mm. And awareness, I always say awareness, like that very first pillar of wealth, maximizing your cash flow and really looking at your impact factor every single month. How much money am I gonna have coming in? How much money am I gonna have going out? And then how much can I put to its highest and best use? And that's all awareness and positive impact comes from just, just see, like there's just, there's so much power in knowledge. And there's actually even, there's a Tibetan saying that, that says that when you shine a light on something, the problem resolves itself. Like you don't even have to do anything. (laughs) And so for me, you know, I was I mean, it was, it was sad. I was young. It was, you know, all my friends were out like having fun in college and living their lives. And here I was like, you know, having to sit down every, you know, hundred feet or so because I was tired and couldn't walk. And, um, Mm. 
And I started to become aware of how I felt when I, for example, ate a certain food or Mm -hmm. how much sleep I got or the people I spent time with. Did I feel better after leaving their presence or did I feel worse? And like the energy became a really big thing for me you know, because I, I needed more energy just to kind of like make it through the day. And, and, and I was able to graduate from college on time. Um, but that required a lot of energy. So I think that learning at such a young age that I do have control over my health and I can change my thought patterns and the things that I'm physically doing in my life so that I feel better. And, um, and I remember I was, I think I was 21 or 22 years old and uh, I went to, I was so desperate for help. And I went to this person in in Boulder, Colorado, who was a healer of some sort. He, he, he practiced this technique called acupressure and he would put these like electrodes on my wrist and my head and Uh all so new and crazy to me. And, um, and he really did help me. And But I do remember him saying to me, Holly, your disease is a gift. And I just, I remember being so mad that he would say that to me. I was like, you just can't even understand what I'm going through. And I didn't even understand what I was going yeah. through. But now looking back and I'm totally healthy. I mean, doctors would say that I'm a living, breathing, walking miracle. Mm. And I really contribute that to, um, to being aware, to, to changing my behavior, to, um, creating an environment that helps me feel better and moves me closer to my personal life vision and closer to a place where I can realize my core values. Um, because I was, I was out of touch. I didn't even know that one could be in touch with, their physical body. I didn't even know that we could heal ourselves without, you know, Western medicine. And so, you know, I went on that journey and and after 17 years, I was able to completely get off all of the medication that I was taking. And today I'm, I don't take any medications at all and I don't have any symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I guess that's where you, you have this uh, link between our physical health and also our mental health in a way, isn't it? Because both are equally important, isn't it, in our lives, you know, physical health as well as the mental health because that, that can carry you and actually help you to actually overcome even the physical health as well, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, look at Ram Das, for example. He had a stroke and um, and he was like the happiest he's ever been and he could yeah. talk and everything was slow, but he was just so joyful and it's like, yeah. oh, I want that. <laughs> How do you, how do I get there? Yeah, wow. But in, interesting, what, what do you say there about, uh, you know, everything that we go through in life as a challenge has got something. It, it, it's, it sort of uh, forms us and there's lessons within that. And when you look back, like you say, you know, your, um, you know people saying to you that uh, your disease was a, a blessing in a way. At that particular time, you couldn't see it, but now when you look back, you actually understand, you know, what what they meant and how, uh, you know, what the lessons that you picked from there. So that's a uh, you know great uh, um, share to to talk about. Now, um, talk us through financial. I, I guess you know when you talk about 
getting through financial independence after a rough patch. I guess part of it is what what you've talked us through. But how you know can people get away from uh, that pain or the uh, you know their mind just focusing on the hardships and what they are going through in a rough patch in order to take themselves out there and achieve that financial independence. You know how 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 do how does that look like, you know, for people yeah. and how can people achieve that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that because life is long mm. if you are lucky enough to live. And yeah. if you are listening and you're going through some sort of hardship or dark time, whether it's mm. in a relationship or with your money or in your business or your career or what, you know, your health, um, just know that you are exactly where you are supposed to be right now. And I know it doesn't feel that way. I know because I have lived it, you know, um, but these hardships really do serve to teach us a lesson and to help us appreciate yeah. the things that are really important to us. And I know that time can just go on and on and on. And, um, and that's okay. You know, it's okay if you've struggled for a long time, because first of all, building wealth, it is a spectrum, you know, wherever you are right now, it can shift in a moment. And whether you're trying to climb out of a, a deep hole of debt, like I was, or you're trying to take a six-figure income or a five-figure income to a six-figure income, or even to a seven-figure income, you can do it. And it's the daily, it's the just getting back up again and just showing back up for yourself and just know that, that there is wisdom in what you're going through right now. And the deeper the depths of despair. And I know that I sound extreme, but I mean, yeah. I've been through this. Um, the higher you can go. And so, you know, we, we weren't promised to be warm, safe and dry our whole lives. And I mean, when I say that, I just mean being human in the world that, that we live in today and society sort of projects that, you know, we're supposed to be perfect and, you know, we're really strong and, um, I can handle everything and everything's all right, but no, that's just, that's false. Um, life, life can be challenging and acknowledging that to yourself and just giving yourself some grace. Like I, I really wish if I could go back in time, you know, those first four years that, um, that I was really sick when I was very young, I wish that I had been nicer to myself because I spent a lot of time beating myself up because I should have been eating better. I should have been more healthy. And, you know, then when I had moments of, of feeling good and I was able to work again and kind of live a normal life, um, the self-talk became, oh, you should have gone to the gym this morning. You didn't go to the gym or you're going to have to do that tomorrow. And, you know, you did. And so it was, it was always me beating myself up. And now that I'm, more gentle with myself. I've just, I've lived enough years. I've had enough experience to know that like some days are just not going to be good days. And if I can let go of the judgment that I have on myself, like for example, yesterday I just wrote, woke up in a crummy mood, you know, like I just, I don't know if it's, 
you know, it's existential or, yeah. you know, who, I don't know. Um, but I just made the, the choice to allow myself to just be in that and just get up and, and do the things that I do every day. And, and then this morning I woke up in a great mood. Absolutely. So <laughs> that's good. And uh, I'm gonna, what, what would you say is also the importance of having the right support group or network, you know, for, within you, because that can also weigh some people down, isn't it? If you are in an environment which is toxic and the people around you, they don't understand your vision and your thinking, that can also have an impact, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a tremendous impact. You know, um, I think community is one of the most important things that we can create for ourselves. And um, I am very conscious of the people I allow into my life and the people I spend time with. Um, and, you know, I think that we we need each other. Like, there's no way you're going to get through life without the support of someone else. And I would never be where I am today in life if it weren't for my family and my friends and my mentors and my coaches. And, um, you know, if you're if you're suffering alone in life or business or wealth creation, go get a friend, go, you know, I have a nonprofit called the Global Healing Collective, globalhealingcollective.org. And it's, it's a free community where people who want to make positive impact, people who are leaders, people ha who have a purpose in life, yeah. come and be supported. And it's worldwide. And, you know, and we created this nonprofit because we know that we are more powerful together. And, even as, you know, leaders and change makers and just people and, in in, you know, like we're all just a squirrel trying to get a nut, you know, like we're all in the same game together. And um, it's so much easier when we come together in community yeah. and um, and there's just no reason to try to go this road alone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Your your network. They they say sometimes your network is your net worth, isn't it? You know, so surround yourself with the right people. You sort of uh, um, aspire to be like them and push yourself to uh, achieve what they are achieving. So if you surround yourself like with millionaires, people who are successful, and all of that, you tend to shift yourself towards that and their mindset and the things that that they do. So. Um, looking back at your your journey so far, what would you say has been the best advice you've received so far from family or your mentors or anyone? The best advice I've received is be careful who you take advice from. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, that's a good one because that, that's interesting. I remember um, in the same context of, because uh, I, I had a, um, one of the uh, um, a top guys and mentors who had been on the podcast and uh, he talked about this, uh, something about, you know, money being the root of all evil. And he was saying, how can people who have uh, actually never made money, they don't know what it can do, actually give you advice about money? <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, an, an interesting sort of light bulb moment, isn't it? Because a lot of people who 
haven't made it or they haven't lived uh, their life in abundance, they will have either through some sort of emotions uh, reflective of themselves will give advice about, oh, you know, you can't do that or this and that and just bring in that negative energy. So I thought, you know, that was quite a, you know, uh, links up very well with what you're saying. Be careful who you take your advice from. <laughs> if people haven't uh, lived or, you know, or, you know, the talk, they can't actually give you the advice that is right because they haven't experienced it. So that's uh, that's a great, uh, great one to, to take on board. And then what would you say has been the worst advice that you've received? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> the worst advice. The, <laughs> what comes to mind is like, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. You know, like, um, just I would say I, I say that because just because you have a thought, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you have to follow it. To follow it. Yeah. So, you know, just being intentional. Like I always think through everything in my life has an intention. I think about what is my intention for the day? Like at the end of the day, if I'm looking back, what do I want to say happened today? What do I, Mm. how do I want to feel? And then what are the things that I'm going to do during the day to make myself feel that way? And then I think about my, my month, my week and my month, like in the month of February to move forward toward my goals, my personal life vision, what are the things that I need to to do during this week or during this month so that I can realize those dreams. They're all dreams that I have for myself. And um, yeah, you know, dreaming and just create, I call it a money movie. Like what, what do you see? What do you feel? What are you wearing? What music is playing in this ideal life that you're trying to create for yourself? Because um, all of that visualization, it does, it makes the external environment that you're living in match the internal environment. Mm, Great. I think you mentioned both points there about visualization and goals. So what's the, what's the importance of of, of that importance of that in your, in your journey? Like, you know, have a goal or visualize where you want to be. I mean, how, how does that help you in anything? It's the most important thing is to know where you want to go. And, you know, like even when I have a business meeting or I go to have coffee with a friend, I sit and I think like, how do I want, how do I want this to happen? Like, and, um, you know, if you, if you plan nothing, you go nowhere and we've got places to go in this world, you know, like there's so many beautiful things that we can create. And I, I really, I'm so optimistic about our future as humanity, as a worldwide human race. And, um, and I think that it's all possible if we all just take the time to really create some intentions around not just our personal lives and our career and our wealth. Um, but you know, what kind of a world do we want to live in? And I think that together we can all create that, uh, that reality. Yeah. And, uh, with, with that in mind, what would you say or what what would be the best advice that you can give to someone? Do your healing work. Do, do your personal work. Look at yourself. Hmm. Take responsibility for how you show up in relationships, for, you know, the habits that you're creating. Because hmm. we can save the world one person at a time and you're one person. So just yeah. focus on yourself, focus on being the best human being you can be for yourself and for others. And mm-hmm. that's it. 
we'll get yeah. you'll get through brilliant and uh, again uh, taking through your your journey and what do you know now what do you think would be the best advice or the advice that you would have given your younger self or what what things would you have wanted to know like uh, you know your your younger self and and what impact that would have mm. made on your journey yeah yeah i would just i would tell little holly yeah. that <laughs> i would say you are perfect just as you are right now you yeah. do not need to do anything achieve anything to be more worthy or valid just yeah. just be you and and just know that that you're accepted you're worthy because you were born mm. yeah brilliant and uh uh, what about for the notion that uh, you know a, a lot of people like we we talked about before will get to take action on certain things that they they like or visualize after experiencing some sort of a, a challenge. Um, what would you advise those people who are just coasting because there hasn't been any challenge and they don't see any reason why they should they they should uh, move themselves or shift themselves in any way? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you haven't had any challenges yet, congratulations. That's amazing. Um, you know, I always say if you're lucky enough to make it out of childhood, you, you're bruised in some way. Because yeah. um, we all do carry some childhood traumas. And, you know, we may we might not be aware of it. And uh, yeah. I think that's kind of how it was for me. I, I just, I grew up in a family with two parents who loved me and tucked me in every night and told me that they loved me. And, you know, it was very safe. And I didn't. I didn't have any, um, any challenges that were, were major that, you know, that I was aware of, you know, we all, as children, we go through bullying and, um, and other things. And, and that does impact us, whether you know it or not, the, the stories and the conclusions that you draw about yourself because yeah. of things that happened to you as a child, we do carry those with us into adulthood. And then in adulthood, we find that we're operating from an old, script that we created for ourselves when we were seven years old, 12 years old. And, you know, that's why I say doing our healing work is so powerful because we can undo those old scripts that we created as a child when we didn't know any better. Yeah. And, um, and, and there is so much power and freedom in understanding why we make decisions the way we do and why we behave the way that we do. And if you're trying to change your behavior to get a better result, um, the first thing that you can do is, is is look at the stories that you're telling yourself and the conclusions that you're drawing because we can always create new stories. Yeah, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. And uh, what's the vision for you? Like um, five years, <laughs> ten years, twenty years down the line. Oh what my god! The grand, uh, grand plan, grand vision. Where do you see yourself, and what's the journey? Uh. Well, I own this property in Colorado. I call it the farm. Uh-huh. And I want to build a healing center there, a place uh-huh. where people can come and ride horses and eat organic food and play with the uh-huh. animals and do their healing work. Yeah. Really. So I really see myself growing old, sitting in a rocking chair on the front porch of this house, looking at the mountains and just with a cup of tea in my hand, just yeah. Being just, just being absolutely, and when you visualize things like that, isn't it? The universe has got a way of actually delivering that to you. So, but you have to be 
that specific in uh, your vision and what you want and and you know it's like giving the universe those instructions i want this i want this and along the way the how gets to sort itself out as, as you plan so that's that's a great visualization so um before we finish i wanted to play with you just a quick this or that game see how well you know yourself Ooh, fun. <laughs> so you have one second to pick so two options pick one that immediately comes to mind so if i say like are you a cat or dog person a dog dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh tea or coffee tea tea oh brilliant so you're not a coffee person eh? Oh, I like coffee too. I just yeah. it's like my comfort. Yeah, it makes me feel happy. Yeah. Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Dinner. <laughs> so not a morning person, yeah, for breakfast. Yeah. I drink yeah. a vegan protein shake every yeah. morning. It's mm -hmm. something I've been doing for years. And um, it's like a great morning routine because I get all my nutrients, I get them really fast, yeah. and then I get to my desk. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Are you a text or a call? person call call yeah we prefer calling yeah yeah i like the combo yeah <laughs> comedy or drama drama yeah <laughs> yeah you like those period dramas or just any drama oh i just like to i like the emotions and i like the yeah. questions and yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh fiction or true story fiction fiction yeah and not so much of a true story, like all. Oh. <laughs> but just fantasy is so cool. Like, yeah. I guess yeah. I guess it, it does work with the you know the way of thinking and visualizing things and how we can go beyond ourselves and what's out there. I guess in a way, isn't it? because there's a, there's a you know some fiction that can take you outside of your wildest imagination isn't it to actually think wow that is possible and <laughs> it is and uh, last but not least freedom or hope um that's a big one freedom <laughs> <laughs> i guess you can look at it because hope what does hope do hope will carry you isn't it you've got something to look forward to but then you want to be free as well, like in financial independence, freedom, and you can do the things that, that you would like to do, I yeah. guess, but uh, big ones. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, and uh, just uh, before we finish, so for people and our listeners who are looking to engage with you or reach out to you or read your book, how can people find you? And uh, uh, what uh, uh, do you, would, would you offer to uh, people and our listeners? terms of the services that you provide so this is your pitch oh, <laughs> yes well you can find me on instagram yeah. at polymorph h-o-l-l-y-m-o-r-p-h yeah morph and all my good stuff is on my instagram on on my link tree you can click to get started on your path to wealth it's a freebie it's right there on the link yeah um, mm -hmm. And you can get the book there as well. And you can go to my website, financialimpact.com. All right, brilliant. So Holly, it's been an absolute pleasure you know, speaking to you. You've got uh, so many golden nuggets in there. And uh, I'm sure 
will be following your journey and uh, you know quite a lot of our listeners will actually probably reach out to you get the book because the book is is absolutely fantastic there's a lot of stuff there people can uh, actually improve their just financial intelligence and financial understanding of their relationship with money and uh, there's a a lot of practical things there that uh, actually everyone can do easily and simply and it's simple steps like the four pillars as you say you know manage your cash flow just manage your money pay some debts and start building saving some money and uh, you know building that uh, residual uh, income and, and assets so it's a really practical book so you know we'll be pitching that to uh, our listeners to actually get their financial literacy and understanding about money from that as well so it's been a pleasure speaking to you any last words or advice that you can offer to our listeners about anything oh alex thank you so much this has been such a joy for me too and i would say for your listeners just remember every day you are either building wealth or you're not it doesn't matter how much money you make what matters is how much you keep keep. what you do with it Uh, brilliant that's uh a very great place to end so absolute pleasure thank you very much holly for coming on i'm sure we'll uh, be following your journey and we would love for you at some point in the future to come back as well and give us more golden nuggets so it's been a pleasure so i hope uh, you enjoy the rest of your day same thank you so much uh, brilliant thanks holly